this next segment is something different with Eben. And yes, indeed, something different is about to happen right now. In the waiting room, we have our special guest. His, na his name is Lawrence Elliott Jr. I know I said it was supposed to be a secret, but it's already on the Purple Haze at Night banner. So it's like, y'all already know who it is. Without further ado, we have my guy, Lawrence Elliott Jr., representing Inspired by True Events. And we're going to go ahead and get to know him a little bit better. But before I do, I'm going to pass the baton on to something different with Edwin. Let's get into it. What's going on? Uh, uh, Lawrence, you there? I am here. What's good, fellas? Yeah, um, for everybody that doesn't know me, my name is Lawrence Elliott, Utica native, um, co-founder of Inspired by True Events Network. Um, went to school for digital forensics, graduated with a bachelor's, um, and I also played football um, while I obtained my degree. So that's a little bit about myself. So. Um, anybody have want to start off with the questions? Yeah, facts. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Lawrence, you are yeah. the opposite end. Yeah, this yeah, time, yeah, yeah. All right, tell me what makes Lawrence Elliott? What makes you? Um, as you saying, as far as descriptive words or just just the makeup of my like, just who I am. Yes, the makeup of who you are. Okay. Um, I think for me, um, is I always use this word being versatile, um, being able to do um, anything in any situation. Uh, that's kind of why I'm all, a jack of all trades. I kind of try to do that throughout life. Um, when I don't know something, I try to learn it. Um, and it's, it's, it's always good to obviously ask people, but it's, it's also good to be able to to go through that journey of not knowing something and then figuring out. So I think that's something that's really big with me is um, being versatile, um, also being humble. And another thing is probably um, helping other people out um, because I felt like I didn't have a lot of help from people that could help me when I was younger. So that's kind of something that I instilled in myself um, as growing up as a young young man, as I am now 25, uh, is being able to help other people. So I would say those things. That's solid. Yeah. I do have another question, but y'all, y'all came, y'all came ready. Huh? <laughs> okay, another question would be: This is about, I guess, your brand now, inspired by True Events. Where do you see it going within the next five years? Um, in the next five years. Mm -hmm. We always have when you obviously you you know too because uh, you got your own business and things like that is um, you want you want to conquer the world you want to conquer the world so um, that's kind of what we're trying to do um, is have the solid business plans um, and business structure um, making sure that we do everything by the book um, and not miss anything um, I would say in the next five years I see us being in being bigger than a media platform. So this kind of is just the forefront or just the face of what we want to do. So right now, media is, is one of the biggest things because you got YouTube, Spotify, mm -hmm. yeah, I think music, it on. things like that. We good? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, keep going, keep going. Um, 
Yeah, so I see us in, in diff, different sides of services and businesses. Um, just to name a few, we have we have some dreams of being in the cannabis business, um, being able to house people's content. Um, we can potentially be able to help people through bringing their business plans to life. Um, we want to be able to do any and everything. That's kind of what um, Inspired by True Events is. Um, so that's kind of what we've talked about way back in school when I was, a, I think I was a junior. 2015 is when the idea and the name um, kind of introduced itself. So with us, it's just being able to do everything. Kind of like, kind of like how um, Disney's got A&E, they got ESPN, they got ABC. Like we want to be able to be on that on that type of level of we want to get to get to where they're at. They got billions and billions, but we want to do something at a smaller scale and then continue to work work on up. So that's kind of what we want to do. All right. So that kind of did answer my question. I wasn't here, but I'm gonna still ask anyways because I want yeah, you yeah. to learn depth if that's cool with you. So for the Purple Haze Nation, if you were to explain inspired by true events and how the story of how it started and the name itself, how would you explain to us? Um, I think it's I think it's just we I, I'm I'm from New York. Um, I went to school in Pennsylvania, and I'm really good friends. I consider my brothers now um, because we're obviously uh, going down this business journey together. So they're not friends anymore. They're brothers, they're family. So they're from Philly. Um, we're kind of two different type of characters and personalities because I'm from New York, they're from Philly um, and it kind of works well. Um, and we obviously college is college is college, college is fun. Um, and we did, we always used to do crazy things. Um, so we used to be one night, we sat there and we were like, it was like, we should start, we should start a club. Like, cause the, the bars were closing there at our school. We didn't know we're 20, 20 year old kids. We can't even get into the bar yet, but we want to create, we want to create a bar and we club, we call it what we call our podcast. Now we would have called it club 157 inspired by true events. So we had that name, um, in 2015. And then I kind of kept it in my notes. And two years ago, I actually was going to start a podcast by myself and call it that. And I, what the one thing that I ran into was the courage to actually do it. And it kind of just sat there in 2019. I had logos made that I made myself. They were kind of, they were terrible. They were really bad, but um, we eventually got together. Kind of everybody was doing their own thing. And going back to college was, we used to have game nights and we would call it um, the room of the room we would have the game nights in. It would be called Club 157. And then we kind of thought of the Inspired by True Events at that point. And we didn't know what we were gonna do with it is a catchy name. Um, that's a lot of a lot of people say that to me now. Um, when they hear it, it catches their air. So that's kind of I'm glad we kind of kept that name and then now we're running with it. So that's kind of where it starts. I, I would say the same thing because I really like the inspired by true events, it flows really well with just how you say it and how the mm -hmm. rolls out your tongue. So yeah. it's it's very catchy. I fuck with the name. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of we kind of just we started off as a podcast. Um, and then one night we said, why can't we do other things? Why are we, why are we limited in ourselves to just the, the podcast itself? And then we kind of, kind of went brainstorming from there. Um, mm. I, I graduated with a digital forensic degree. So I do like the IT stuff. Um, and my friend Rick does, he, he graduated, uh, with business administration degree and accounting, I believe. 
um, and my my other friend Mark that's in it. He got he's actually going to be a certified um, accountant soon. So it kind of works out from the business side. We have everything covered. My one friend is in he's in the medical field. He's trying to become eventually become a doctor. Um, and then another one is he graduated with a phys, uh, physics degree, and he's like he wants to be an engineer. He's working as a teacher right now. So. We kind of, kind of, this special is a special, special group that we got, um, and and we and the one thing is we've been through so much together before we started this, like that this is going to be a it's going to be really obviously everything's not going to be easy, but it's going to be easier than starting it with people that you you don't know that well and haven't spent that much time with. So that's definitely understandable. Yeah. Um, this question will probably seem like cliche in a way, but um. Mm -hmm. What true event inspired you uh, to get you where you're at today? Um, an event? Woo! Oh, man. That's a good That's a good one right there. Um, I would say... I would say in, in 2014, in the spring, when I dislocated my, dislocated my kneecap, football was, football was everything to me at that point because I was die hard into it um that's all I did is train go to school eat and sleep that's it and that really opened my eyes that really opened my eyes to be like I need to find other things to do because if this doesn't work out I don't want to be another stat where oh this uh, this this young black man is he was a great football player and he doesn't have a backup plan so that's when I got into IT um and I kind of found out that 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 field is endless so that's kind of what um, that's kind of what gave me uh, inspired by true events moment when I when I got hurt in football. So, kind of made me rethink everything. That was a good answer. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. All right, another question I have Julie, for Julius. You. Julius is like, I'm gonna get you back for our. <laughs> <laughs> Not honestly. This isn't even written down. This is just boom off the dome. All right, all right. But um. This question, what it would be, uh, I noticed like on Facebook, and like you're a grade below me, so I, I I'm like Nigel is my best friend. I wasn't as close with you as I am with him, but obviously we're friends by association. You know what I mean? Um, but have you always been outspoken on controversial topics? Or a two part question? Where if you were shy, when did you break out of it? And then uh, have you always been outspoken on controversial topics? Um, that's that's interesting. I've always been, I was always outspoken in my mind, but I never had, I never really displayed it. I'm a really quiet person. Um, I'm a person that will see everything that's going on, digest it feel how I feel and then react. I'm a think, I'm a, I think before I react because a lot of people um, that we, like even when we grew up or just in, anybody, like a lot of people react and they don't think about it. So I think one of the things like, well, for me with controversial things is taking the stuff in, digesting it. How does it make me feel? What's the right thing to say? And even if, even if it doesn't, it, even if it's not a popular opinion and I feel like it needs to be said, I'm going to say it because I, I really don't, at that point, I really don't care. And that's kind of what um, is another inspired by true events moment is like I had to, for me, 
that came up in like when I was growing up in high school and college of playing sports, being, being a minority or anything like that, you go through those things where you have to bite your tongue on certain situations. And sometimes I wouldn't do that. And I kind of felt like that hindered my, like, like my athletic process through high school because of that reason, because I would say something every, I would say stuff that everybody was thinking but you're not supposed to say like that's that's who I was and then I kind of got to the point where I kept everything in kept it to myself and then was like all right I'm gonna move like this say this when I have to or I'll say it at the right time so I think that's I think that does that answer your question yeah no I noticed I noticed a lot just like I don't know if you was watching the segment before you joined, I was saying sometimes I, I feel like I communicate very well. Mm-hmm. There's certain topics that I feel I can't, I don't want to touch because it could be very controversial, you know. Mm-hmm. But like Twitter, people tweet things that I be thinking, but I don't want to tweet. Yeah. They tweet it or like it because like literally they saying what I'm feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. But you, I feel like you're very bold when it comes to certain topics. And like you said, sometimes you don't care what people think. Yeah. That's, it's like a good quality. <laughs> it's risky, though. At the though. same time, it can be very, like, frictionless. Like, ooh, yeah. man, you stirring something up. Yeah, and I, I think um, I always I tell my parents, I, I recently just told my father about some of the things that I went through in college. And he had no mm-hmm. idea, like stuff that was behind the scenes mm-hmm. of college football. It, the numbers look great, but me, I personally wasn't wasn't happy. Like the day to day with the team and stuff like that, and I would voice it because I don't get you. Don't only this game is so 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 uh, so much of a small window of your life. You want to maximize how how much you do, and then what you do with your time. So I felt like. Um, that kind of, like I was talking about my athletic career and how it was hindered a little bit. I think that definitely took a, a toll, but I think I, I, I think I pick and choose um, when to say stuff like the, for example, the whole, the, like the black lives matter thing that was going on. I kind of went back and just watched that, just sat back and watched the, the black icons of the profile pictures of people that did not echo that when we were younger. And I felt like I could have said something. I could have stepped up and talked about experiences that I had with certain people that were outspoken, but I sat back because there's no point. We know everybody, everybody's showing who they are right now too. So that's, that kind of goes to, that's kind of goes to what's going on right now. You kind of see, especially with the storming of the Capitol, you see everybody coming out the woodwork, so. I have another one, but <laughs> I, I, I like what you brought up, Lawrence, about yeah. you know the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. Do you think? Because I noticed it too. That I feel like some of this, um, some of this, like uh, I feel like some, like the Black Lives Matter movement. I feel like for some people, it's just a trend, right? So what do you think? Yes. How uh, some people aren't genuine about it. Some people are just doing it, probably you know being political correct or. They, they think that they are involved, but realistically, you don't put yourself in that situation of, you know, being in certain neighborhoods and how they're struggling, but you're watching from the outside. 
Yeah, I, I watched I watched um I watched really heavily on Instagram as the as I scrolled down my timeline, I thought my phone was broke. And <laughs> for a week straight, I'm like, is my phone is Instagram messed up? I had no clue what was going on with this blackout thing. Um and I when I once I found out about it, I was like, all right, this is just a trend because you saw shortly after that it was the link in the bios. And then it was the just the profile picture. Then it was the blackout your whole profile. And it was just a, a trend. And I think it's unfortunate that what's going on is just a trend. You feel me? So it's, I, it's, I dis it's, dis it's really disappointing. It's really disappointing, to be honest. So so how can we, as like, kind of not confront it, but like, how can we make shit more genuine? How do we know if people are actually genuine? It's not just trend. Because mind you, I feel like, because I didn't post the Blackout Tuesdays. I didn't really do a lot of um, stuff for the Black Lives Matter movement, I guess. Mm -hmm. but, like, what I'm doing now with Nomadic Voices and who I'm in network with, I feel like that's more genuine and that's more reachable than what yeah. people are doing through Instagram or any social media. Yeah, so I think I think the biggest thing or the top two things is talking to talking to people and then also educating yourself because I've, one, one of the things that people do a lot is they ask, they ask, the person instead of also doing if you really care you'll do it on your own time also you know instead of taking someone else's time not saying that's not a good way to do it you can do that and also educate yourself i think that's the two biggest things is going to talk to somebody to understand and then also educating yourself on your own time which i feel like people do not do um they kind of know partial things that they see on instagram but they don't actually open a book or read articles or anything like that so I feel like the best thing to do is also like put yourself in situations too, like in being in these neighborhoods and and you know Definitely. prove uh, the um, the well being. Well, um, just to add to that, um, I feel like you can be just as um, effective with the movements on social media, just like you could on person, like mm -hmm. just sharing the information, doing the blackout stuff being just actively remote with it. Like everybody has uh, different things that they're doing in their daily lives that might consume their time. But um, I, I read like studies in college of uh, actually that being a good thing. Um, and just with this uh, recent presidency with Trump, uh, he used social media to his advantage to gain that energy. Yeah, he did. And then that, and that, what that, that got that cost. With, yeah, with the, <laughs> with the capital thing, man. He, he did that through social media. Yeah, he's um, off of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The, but the, I just want, <laughs> want to say, like, the power is there. The power yeah, it is. To and be influential is there, you know what I mean? So I feel like that it has a balance. It's equally as important. Well, I think what Loris is trying to say and what I'm trying to agree with him is, like, for some people, it's just a trend. Mm. You know what I mean? And and it kind of sucks to see that that, that, that. yeah you know what I'm trying to say it's fake it's fake I, yeah I I think I think I think what you're saying is true and if people also do the the work they can do all the black I have no problem with that but if you're educating are you educating people at this point or you're reaching out to people to understand what's going on and things like that I feel like I'm all for that I'm backing that up because you're you wanna you it shows that you care versus putting a link in your bio or just doing the blackout and then that's it. 
know? Yeah, because this dude, <laughs> he would be arguing with people on Facebook. <laughs> so funny. Hey, man, I there's no, there's it'd be no like, and then Khalid commented that this. Then I look and I'm like, yo, this dude bugging. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, though. It's, just, it's funny because you you are educating people by commenting on whatever instance that happened. And some people are just jerks. They're not going to listen to you. You know what I mean? So sometimes I feel like you're wasting your breath. Or other times, you might be helping. Yeah, yeah definitely. It goes like with, with social media, I just like putting that that out there, regardless. How, whoever is going to perceive it the right way will perceive it the right way. Will understand me. Whoever don't, welcome me. You feel me? Like that. <laughs> that in a movie right Samuel L. Jackson say that no Bernie Bernie Mac yeah he that Bernie house party house party yeah Yeah. um one one other question I have was and it's kind of like about a true event is do you feel like when the Obama era was here it was it was more neutral than with the Trump era, has been very like you can see the change and how people are more active and open. And now, do you feel like when Biden comes into play, will things get back to being neutral? Um, I'm gonna say neutral, as in people hiding. Mm. I feel like there's people hiding versus them being neutral. Um, I don't think there was really anything neutral. I think a lot of people were like. A lot of a lot of nonsense. You can see you can there's been crazy stuff that's said about Obama and the first lady, like that were just outrageous. But I think um I think right now, I will say it's been nice um to pull the cloth and reveal everybody. Because now everybody's understanding that not everybody's who they say they are. The people that were defending certain people, they're starting to realize. You know, so I got, like I say, I got a couple of texts um, just what through all of this, through since the pandemic hit and then the Black Lives Matter thing went, this old man like, oh, this person is, this person is racist or this person um, feels this way. Did you see this? I'm like, I said this when I was 16 years old, nobody really wanted to listen to me, you know? So like, I understood like everything that was going on at Proctor, who was who and you get to see it now. It's I think I think it's been real nice uh, to like I said pull the cloth and then see who was who, because a lot of people woke up. They under, started understanding that everybody's not who they say they are, you know. So it's like uh, Scooby Doo, and they'd be like, "Oh, let's see who this is." And right, and they, they're shocked. Oh, we were friends for we were friends for ten years, and then you get to see it. it, is what it is. That's rough. That's a rough reality right there, man. It's a rough reality. Yo, Monty, you have any questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all was going in, bro. They they wrote me, they wrote me right in from uh when I was watching about 10 minutes before this. (laughs) Exactly. I got two, I got two main questions. Mm -hmm. The first question you was talking about Club 157. And um, I seen a video where you referred it to Cabin Fever, and I couldn't understand why. Okay. Oh, so what we did was that was our first in-person episode and we were actually in a cabin in the woods in P- in Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. So we, we went, we went, um, it was a couple weeks ago 
or I think might actually it might be it might be close to a month now where we we went in um, we went to a cabin in, outside of Harrisburg um, and we just shot a whole bunch of content um, and we're getting ready to to meet up again and things like that in the next two weeks um, and we got got some special things coming for for the people that do tune in uh, cooking up some things. Sorry, sorry. Now go go go. Now I just want to know: Are you still going to do it at one, that club with uh, one fifty-seven? That was a cool setup. Yeah, so yeah, that's what we're going to do um, when we do provide that podcast. So right, technically, right now we do have um, for anybody. This this is a good. Yeah, this, I'm glad you asked this. So a lot of people think that it's just one big, one big podcast. So I'll explain it to everybody, um, anybody that does care, anybody that's watching. So the reason that network was added to it. Um, is we want it to be where you go on our channel or any anywhere we have our content, and it's almost like you're flicking through the TV. So on Monday we got Boss Talk. Shout out to my boy Rick Rosario. He's um, he's co-founder with me. He brings on entrepreneurs on Monday. Uh, it's Monday 5 p.m. every Monday. He's got some he's got some special episodes coming up um, with some people that he has. They're CEOs. They have their own schools and things like that. Tuesday is what inspires you. That's that is my series where I had Nigel, Julius. I would love to have you guys on also. Um, that'd be that'd be something that I'm looking forward to. I got a couple episodes that are coming up from people that are from Utica that are going to be really really good content. Um, and then Wednesdays we have Airfresh Customs. Uh, my boy Devon Cornish, he is a co-founder of RBT Network also, and he goes and pretty much customize shoes on the channel, um, five to 10 minutes of the video. Um, he's done Adidas, uh, up um, high top Air Forces, Jordan Ones. Um, you guys should definitely check him out. He's super talented. Um, and then Thursdays, we have sports. Um, shout out to Neil Fatata, Kenny Lacey, and Phil He. Um, those guys, I, I cannot, I cannot do it without them. Um, I wanna definitely get them a shout out because they make it happen. They're calling me. Hey, we shooting this week. What's going on? We're what's going on? What's going on? We shooting. I got the topics, so they keep me on my feet. Um, and then Fridays will be um, just just uh, network related content um, and Club One Fifty Seven. So Club One Fifty Seven is kind of just us, um, the co founders, and we kind of go off the rails a little bit. Um, you can kind of see that in if you watch a couple episodes um, where we like to get on to, it's kind of like an open forum. We don't really have um, a particular topic we do. Then Saturdays, we have Little Dreamers. Little Dreamers is gonna be something that we are cooking up. Um, I'm gonna have my nephew and Rick's um, son, Amayas. He's gonna, they're gonna be opening toys. Um, it's one of the most lucrative uh, pieces of content on YouTube and we wanna hit that. And then we also have Cooking With You and that's on Sundays. So what we're trying to do is something that's never been done. Um, a lot of people don't quite understand it. I hope that people that do do watch this and the way I just explained it, it's kind of how you watch Netflix, pretty much. Like you go and watch um, Greenleaf or Bridgerton or something new on there and you go to watch that every week. You go on Hulu and watch it every week. So that's what we're trying to provide for everybody on the YouTube channel. That's so, what's up. That's yeah. um, so if you just tune in, uh, it's fired by true events. We're uh, almost 10 o'clock here, so we're wrapping up. Last thing I wanted to say about that is 
Um, here on Purple Haze Nation, is is it's sort of like it. I don't. You have a really huge team, or not huge team, but you have a really good team. You know, um, we have Purple Haze at night. Even after this show, we have uh, cooking up a little HD. Um, I have a board of directors where they're all young individuals, and I just try to mentor them, give them their own show, got their own merch, um, digital kid, um, distributing music for them, and you know, just trying to be that mentor that I wish I had at their age. Yeah. And, and shout out to uh, Eben, Tabo, and Julius. I like to definitely, say it's, definitely. A, it's a broadcast, not a podcast, because we're live. <laughs> but, you know, Jew Black, Tabo, and Eben, and, you know, even you too, we all came up from the 315. Yes, sir. You know, upstate New York. And we're just trying to make it. And we're trying to do our thing. So, I really appreciate you for stopping by and letting us get into a glimpse. You're on the other side now. We, we was interviewing you. I know you said <laughs> shout out already. Is there any more shout outs and plugs? You is is eight people watching right now. <laughs> um, right now, um, I would just like to shout out all my boys, um, Rick, Mark, Fresh, uh, Devon, and Darnell. Um, I really appreciate y'all. Um, we have we we one thing about us um, is we have those tough conversations, um, and you can't have those tough conversations with everybody and to get everybody on the same page, and that's something that we do so well. Um, so I can't thank them enough. I want to thank uh, Neil, Kenny, and Phil again, um, and shout out to my parents too. I won't be here without them. Thanks, right, um, Campus Rehab, Nomadic Voices, Visionary Vending. Shout out to Plug. Um, I'd like to uh, shout out to Lawrence and Inspired by True Events. Yo, I would love to collab with you in the future. Definitely, bro. Um, I feel Definitely. like we have a lot in common with our brains, just spreading positivity and community um, and creativity. Uh, shout out to Damien Nugent uh, for doing my photo shoot today. Shout out to um, Eddie. I was with him yesterday, uh, just hanging out, painting the, his rooms and shit for his uh, studio, which he'll be opening up soon uh, for this week. So, yeah, can book studio sessions. Nice. Okay, okay. Then get the lead. Got to book them. Got to book those studios. <laughs> That's what it's about. Uh, all right, visionaries. Then what we got, bra bra. Uh, shout out to Ishel Rel with his workouts. I'll be going to the gym. I'll be looking at some of his stuff so I can implement that. You my know, son, my son Diesel. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna be like that, but if I can get my legs right, I, I'll be able to dunk on somebody. Yeah, at Uber's rehab session, you know. <laughs> but um, just shout out to God for blessing me, blessing, blessing my team, blessing everybody that 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 does well, that needs help, that that are sick, you know. Vontae's mom been updating me about someone. And their progress has improved, and I'm so thankful for that. So it's just, it's dope. But yeah. Shout out to me. I'm everybody at just name. Um, shout out Midas Smitty. Um, shout out uh, Burning Woods, the label. Um, shout out, shout out for the frames for coming through. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's the team. Shout mm -hmm. out to Malcolm uh, Welcome again. Again, thank you so much, Lawrence Elliott Jr., for stopping through. I'm just going to say my shout outs and plugs, and we'll do the outro, and then we'll dip. I go by the name of 
It's Vontae Poles. And you know what I came for. I came, hey. I did, yeah. And I represent Purple Haze Nation in five or ten minutes cooking up below HD. We'll be live on my YouTube next. And y'all already know what it is. Oh, and remember, and remember we are all kings. Let go. Yes, sir. Oh, wait. Oh, oh don't oh, do that. No. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, fellas. Nice.